When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning, August 10th. This date's significant. Yes, it is the day before the Steelers' first preseason game. Get to see them in action. Absolutely excited about that. I, I can't believe that next week, next week for Stat Geek, I'll be talking about things that happen on the football field in a Game, even though it's preseason, but in a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really excited about that. It seems like it's been forever. I feel like I've been counting down for the longest time. And here we are. It's a preseason game. But today, being the 10th of August, means that we are exactly one month away from the Steelers' week one matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. That's right. On September 10th, they'll be taking the field. So, Wow, three more preseason games, one month away from that regular season game. Bring it on. I'm excited. But you know what? I'm also excited to dive into what we're going to talk about today. So I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to jump right in. We're going to talk about numbers when it comes to the preseason. Well, what kind of numbers really matter in the preseason? We're going to take this uh, a couple of different ways. First, I'm going to answer a question, which is about preseason success. Then I'm going to, in the second half of the show, talk about some numbers associated 
with the game coming up that I want to see. I have some goals. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set these numbers of what I'd like to see in the first preseason game. And then next week, we're going to address it, see how the Steelers did. But first, let's dive into this question. This one came to me via email from the one and only Brian Haynes, also known as Captain Underpants. He says, Dave, what's the correlation between preseason wins and regular season wins? All right. I kind of addressed this some last year. I remembered it, but I looked up. I couldn't find where I, in my huge notebook, I couldn't find it. I said, you know what? I need to do more data anyway, because the data is a little bit strange, a little bit weird how it all all, all figures out. But I will tell you this. I did not actually look at teams' records of what they did that season based on the regular season records. I looked at preseason records. I didn't look at their, their regular season records. I looked at if they made the playoffs or not. That's what I did. Rather than say, oh, well, they won X number of games, let's set it at this standard. Did they qualify for the postseason? So rather than, than look at it numerically on that end, I didn't want to have another variable there because, you know, sometimes you can have a nine-win team that makes the playoffs and a nine-win team that doesn't make the playoffs. So let's more look, look about the ultimate goal of making the postseason. So I kept it at that. So the problem is that the data gets fuzzy in the not too distant past. So let's go ahead and start to dive in. And what I did was I specifically looked at teams that didn't lose any games in the preseason and teams that didn't win any games in the preseason. The, the difference of going 3-0 and or 4-0 and if you played in the in – the, um, Oh, what's the one that already happened? Hall of Fame game. That's what it's called. If you played in the Hall of Fame game and everything, I looked at, did you have zero wins? Did you have zero losses? Now, there was one in there that had a tie. I didn't count that as having having no losses, but I think I, I didn't count that as having no wins the way I, the way I did it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how, how bad it was? There was only one game in there that threw it off. But uh, what I did was I said, okay, now that it's just a three-game preseason, you're going to get more teams – that win them all and more teams that lose them all because of the smaller sample size. Now let, let's see if that, if that can sink in a little bit and why that makes sense numerically, the fewer games you have, the easier it is to either win them all or lose them all because that's just statistically how it works. Think about it. I'm not saying every NFL game is a coin flip. It's, it's not, it's a little bit more involved, but you could almost say, all right, we're going to represent every game as being a coin flip. And we're not going to ever have it land on edge. We're not going to talk about the ties. We're going to have it either be heads or tails. When you increase the number of times you are flipping a coin, that means it is a lot less likely to get it to be all one or the other. Like if you flip a coin twice, wouldn't be that shocking if it was heads both times. Or tails both time would not be that that surprising, you know. Obviously, that's all you're going to get if it's if it's one flip. Like if it was one game, you're either going to win it or lose it. If it's two flips, which would represent two games, it wouldn't be that shocking to have it be, you know, two heads or two tails, two wins or two losses. Then you add in a third flip, then you're talking about okay. There's the 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 highest probability is that you're going to have. Two of one, one of the other. That, that just happens. But you're still going to have some times where teams would be 3-0 or 0-3. Oh, oh, oh 
when you go to a fourth flip, like a fourth game, it's a lot more difficult to go undefeated in the preseason or not win a game in the preseason when you have four games. So there was a lot more teams that were that didn't have any losses or didn't have any wins in the preseason the last couple of years. So I just thought I'd put that out there. So, so let's look at last year. Last year's a really interesting tale. There were six teams that did not lose a game in the preseason. The Pittsburgh Steelers were one of those six teams. There were six teams. But out of those six teams that went undefeated in the preseason, only one of them qualified for the postseason. And that was the 20-some game win streak Baltimore Ravens. They went 3-0 and in the preseason. They made the playoffs barely and did not have a good showing. But so there were five teams that went undefeated in the preseason and did not make the playoffs. If uh, Let's see. If I can let you know exactly what those teams were, you're going to see that, wow, two of those teams had the first two draft picks because they had the worst records. Because the teams, this is in alphabetical order, just so you know, that did not lose a game in the preseason were not just the Baltimore Ravens. It was the Chicago Bears, Houston Texans, New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Las Vegas Raiders, who went 4-0. and That's who it was. So did that did being undefeated in the preseason equate to postseason births? It did not. Now what about these six teams, because there was the exact same number for both in this case, there were six teams that did not win a game in the preseason. Six. Out of those six, five of them made the playoffs. Five of them made the playoffs. They were Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers all went 0-3. Well, Jacksonville went 0-4. The only other team that went 0-4 in the in the preseason and didn't make the postseason was the Washington Commanders. So five of the six teams that were 0-3 made the postseason. Five of the six teams that were 3-0 or, or, or 4-0, depending on how many games they played, didn't make the postseason. That's the exact opposite of what you would probably expect. So you're saying, oh, okay, well, that means maybe maybe not having things going in the preseason is everything that you want to go. We'll come back and address that in just a moment. Because, But the other thing I looked at is I'm like, I want to look at the two Super Bowl teams. What were their records in the preseason? All right, well, Kansas City, they won the Super Bowl. They went 2-1 and one in the preseason. The Philadelphia Eagles were the other team in the Super Bowl. They went 1-2. and two. All right, so what does that show? You don't have to win all your games, but you at least want to do something there. So then I went ahead and looked at 2021. And this one was a little bit different. There was actually more teams in the extreme. There were seven teams, seven teams that were either 3-0 or 4-0. I don't know if one of them was was 3-0. I didn't count the Jets. You could have said it was eight teams. Uh, They were 2-0-1. I mean, you you could count the Jets if you wanted to. They didn't make the playoffs. So you could say out of eight, okay, in 2021, three of them made the postseason. So out of seven or eight teams, however you want to look at it, three of them made the postseason. And that was Buffalo, Kansas City, and New England. That was in 2021. So you were, once again, we were talking about Ravens, Bills, Browns, Broncos, Colts, Chiefs, Patriots, all went 3-0, and and the Jets went 2-0-1. So, okay, well, only three out of 
either seven or eight. Right? We'll look at the other end of the spectrum. I included the team that was oh Philadelphia was oh two and one, and they were one of the teams that made the postseason. Out of the eight teams there that were over, four of them made the playoffs. Four of them. Philadelphia did, Dallas, Green Bay, and Carolina back in, in 2021. So th- those teams were, I said, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Dallas, Detroit, the Packers, the Rams, the Vikings, the Giants. Those were the teams. Um, I did say the Rams is one of the four teams that made the playoffs. I hope I said that right. Maybe I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It sounded weird to say it uh, when I said that. I think I said the Packers and the Rams. If not, I, I've read the wrong thing. Anyway. So once again, that one didn't really show that much either. So about half the teams that didn't win a preseason game made the playoffs. Less than half the teams made it of ones that didn't lose a preseason game. So that's not showing you too much. And 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 the Rams won the Super Bowl going 0-3 in the preseason. And they played the Bengals, who went 1-2 and in the preseason. So in, these, in this three-game preseason that we've had the last two years, there, it's really been, even though there's more teams and more in the extreme, the teams that haven't won a game have actually done better throughout the regular season to make the playoffs. So I'm not saying teams should go out there and lose their preseason games. It is kind of as we kind of expected. It's not overly important to ultimately win the game. You just have to get rolling in, into the season. Now, in 2020, there was no preseason. So we can't do 2020. So then I want to go back and look at 2019. There were not many teams that were that were undefeated or lost other games because you're talking about four preseason games. I didn't feel like it was necessary to do that full breakdown back then. But this is what I did. I went back and I looked at the at the two teams that participated in the Super Bowl and what their record was in the preseason. I went all the way back to 2010 when the Steelers were there. That's how far back I went. And it, it, it's interesting because like – to, to keep going, um, in 2019, um, the Chiefs were one and three. The Niners were three and one. 2018, New England was three and one. The Rams were two and two. 2017, the Eagles were two and two. The the Patriots were one and three. 2016, the Patriots were three and one. Atlanta was three and one. 2015, Denver was three and one. Carolina was three and one. So in that range, you're seeing where you wanted to see a little bit more success. In 2014, New England was two and two. Seattle was two and two. 2013. That's how far back you have to go to find a Super Bowl champion that went undefeated in the preseason. And remember, these were four games, though. And that was Seattle going 4-0, and where Denver was 2-2. Two and two. In 2012, Baltimore was 2-2, two and two, and San Francisco was 3-1. and one. In 2011, the Giants were 2-2, two and two, and the Patriots were 2-2. Two and two. And in 2010, Green Bay was 2-2, two and two, and the Steelers were 3-1. and one. Just for reference sake, in 2010, the Steelers were 3-1 and one when they made it to the Super Bowl. In the two years where the Steelers won the Super Bowl in 2008 and 2005, you know, I'm still trying to keep this in the modern era, they were 3-1 and one both of those seasons as well. So do you notice, notice on that list, with the exception of the Rams in 2021, and that was only a three-game sample, no teams were going to the Super Bowl that didn't win any preseason games. No teams were going to the Super Bowl that didn't win any preseason games. Also, I will make the argument that that Rams team was really an anomaly because everyone's like, oh, look, look at the Rams. Uh, 
recipe for success to win a Super Bowl. They completely sold out and went all in. They only made it in as a fourth seed and just so happened to finally get their stuff together at the very end. I would say that Rams team going 0-3 in the preseason, completely selling out in, in order to, to add all those pieces, that's the exception and not the rule. That doesn't appear to be the way things are going in the NFL. Um, just because it hadn't happened before and it didn't happen again last year. We'll see if someone really does that again. And if it works out more often than not, if you just kind of really go for it in one big year, it you've, you've really got to make it. And it wasn't like they went all in where the one seed enrolled completely to – to the Super Bowl and, and everything else. It, that's just not the way the NFL works. That more than likely is going to fail than it's going to succeed. So one last thing that I did for this topic is, how does the preseason success kind of roll into week one? Because that's one thing that's really interesting. Mike Tomlin said in his press conference on Wednesday that all healthy players are available to play. He plans on playing everyone. The only question is how long. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a couple that he doesn't play at all. But the question there is, what's the philosophy? Coach Tomlin's like, hey, if you're going to box, you got to spar. He wants to get everyone at least some action the preseason. How many times have you seen teams just completely not play their superstar players, even a snap in the preseason? Won't even let them dress, things like that. And but therefore they might not they might be a stronger team that doesn't have a very good record cuz they didn't play their players. I just did I, I can't go through and say who played, who didn't, how they did, blah blah blah. I'm just kind of making a generalization of the teams that might have done a little bit more with the players, maybe played their starters longer or things of that nature, whatever they had to do to pull off wins in the preseason. Did it equate to success the first week of the season, starting right off the bat? Because that could be a good question because people are saying, hey, the last two years, the Steelers were big underdogs in week one on the road and won their first game of the season. Was it because they were more prepared due to the preseason? I don't know that it's definitely preseason, but I think their head coach has them more prepared. Um, and that's part of the thing. But I went ahead and ran this down. If you look at the six teams that didn't lose any games in the preseason last year, their record in week one was 3-2-1. and one. The tie was the Houston Texans. Now, remember, these were teams that did not make the playoffs. But you take a team like the Chicago Bears as the number one overall pick, they won in week one. You look at a team like the Houston Texans, they tied in week one. And then the there was a loss in there. One of those losses is because two of those teams played each other. Two of those teams played each other. So unless they tied, one was going to have to win, one was going to have to lose. So you're looking at 3-2-1 and one of those teams that were 3-0. That's not bad. But what about the other end of the spectrum? What about those teams that were 0-3 in the preseason? How'd they do in week one? You ready for this? They were 5-1. and one. They were 5-1. and one. And that one loss is because two of the teams played each other. Washington and Jacksonville played each other in week one, and Washington won. Um, they played each other in week one, and if it wasn't for that, you know, one of them had to lose. Other than that, everyone who didn't play one of those other teams, they won. So there doesn't even seem to be a correlation there when it comes to the preseason um, and and looking at, at 
you know, weeks, week one success versus qualifying for the postseason, things of that nature. We don't have a huge sample size of the, of the three games because it's only been the last two years. Next year, with, with that extra year in there, that'll kind of help see if this trend kind of continues. But it seems like winning the games aren't as important. But that doesn't mean that there aren't important things to take from the games. And that's what I'm going to talk about in the second half as I'm going to give you 10 numbers that I want to see from this preseason game coming up tomorrow night, Friday night in Tampa. So stick around. We'll be right back after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, Steelers fans, I am about to dive into the 10 numbers that I want to see for the game Friday night. But first, I I think I have time. I wasn't sure if I'd have time or not. I want to answer a question. I got a question on Twitter, and I found the answer, and I don't think it's going to take very long. Uh, This came from Jeremy Crewalt. I hope I said that right, Jeremy. And he he tweeted me and at Steel C Network. Hey, if you're not following Steel C Network, Steel Curtain Network on Twitter, make sure you go and do that. We really appreciate that. But he said, hey, Dave, stat geek question. How often does the offense score a TD from two yards out? Is it the same as the percentage of a two-point conversion scored? How do those numbers compare with the Steelers' seven shots result? Because if the Steelers are practicing seven shots, you know, seven, seven plays, Two-yard line, let's see how it goes. All right, so I looked up the numbers just for last year. Just for last year. Now, I honestly, I had some problems trying to get the exact data for the two-point conversions. I had to look up the successful tries in one place and the total tries somewhere else. 
because I couldn't filter out successful tries on Pro Football Reference, but I could get out all the plays. I found another place, I can't remember where, that did tell me, I had to total it up for every team, how many successful tries each team had, and then I had to total them all up to get a total. So when it comes to two-point conversions, this is what I have. I hope these numbers are correct based on multiple sources. Sorry, not that I got the same numbers from multiple sources. I had to pull from multiple sources to compile it. There we go. I had the teams converted 56 of 117 two-point conversion tries. Now, those are ones from the two-yard line. If a team got a penalty and tried from a from a different or from a further back distance, I don't have that one. I only went from two yards out. Now, if they converted it, that might have messed up these numbers a little bit. But this is at least somewhat close. That's 48%. That's 48%. Remember that number of 48% because it's going to be really interesting when we look at when teams were on their opponent's two-yard line and what was happening when they were going in. I found that there were 246 plays that where the team snapped the ball from the two-yard line, not the one-yard line, not the three-yard line, exactly the two-yard line, and whether or not they scored or what happened. There was 246 plays. There were... I could say 104 dropbacks. There were 99 pass attempts, but five times a player, the quarterback was sacked. Um, the teams converted 49 of those 99 passes, but not all of them were touchdowns. 42 of them were touchdowns. So you had seven of them in there that were converted, but for no gain or a loss or only one yard. Um, and there was also two interceptions in there. So that's 42 touchdowns. Then running plays, there were 126 attempts, 57 of them were touchdowns. And field goals, there was 16 field goal attempts, 15 of them were successful. That's right, Robbie Gold missed one. So all in all, when you look at just the plays that weren't the field goals, there was 230 plays, and there were 99 touchdowns scored. 99 touchdowns scored on 230 plays. So that equates to a 43% conversion rate. And you're like, oh, well, that's not as good as the two-point conversion rate. That's 48%. So I thought I'd take that a little bit farther and say, you know what? If you're first in goal at the two-yard line, are you that torn up if you don't score on the next play? No, you're not. Because sometimes you'll run that and say, hey, I'd just like to get one of the yards. And then we have more shots to get the other one. So that's why I said, let's look at this by down. If you look at it by down, you're, you're first in goal with the two, you're second in goal with the two. Oh, I don't even know if it's in, it wouldn't even have to be in goal because it could have been second down and one at the two yard line. That's possible. I didn't, of course, I didn't, I didn't make it an and goal situation that it had to be. I was just looking at it being from the two yard line. So when you look at it by down, 83 plays were run on first down. 30 of them were converted. That's a 38%. Sorry, sorry, I I misread my number. That's a 36% success rate. So 36% on first down. So that's what brings that down more to a 43. Now it gets interesting. On second down, 85 times, 41 scores, 48%. (gasps) Wait, that's the exact same as the two-point conversion rate. Yeah, on second down. Okay, how about third down? 48 plays. I took out the one time the field goal was kicked on third down. 48 plays. Oh, this included the postseason as well. I forgot to say that. This was regular and postseason for all of this data. 
48 plays, 23 of them were converted. What is that? That's 48% again. So on second down, it's 48%. Third down, it's 48%. Fourth down, teams went for it 14 times on fourth and whatever from the two-yard line. It could have been fourth and one or fourth and goal from the two-yard line, and they scored a touchdown on five of those 14. That's 36%. So if you get the fourth down, it's a lot. It was a lot harder. So what's interesting is first down and fourth down were both thirty six percent. Second down and third down were both forty eight percent, which is exactly what the two point conversion rate was last year in the NFL. So now equating that real quick back to seven shots, a lot of times the offense has been losing seven shots, four to three. So they score on three of the seven. Well, what's three of the seven? That's 43%. That 43% is exactly what the league average was regardless of down last year. So what do you know? All these numbers are pretty much all the same. So, so yeah, so with the Steelers converting 40, I mean, if it's if they lose seven shots, four to three, they're still converting at the rate at what the NFL did last year at 43%, regardless of down. So I kind of find that interesting. Um, good question. I'm, I'm glad I could answer that one. Now it's time to dive into the, the big thing, the 10 numbers that I want to see. Now, some of these I might have set lower expectations. Some of them I might have had a little bit higher expectations. It's simply what I did. But I, I, I did go back and look at last year's preseason you know, looking at the mainly at the first preseason game, but I, I did look at all three of them a couple of times just to figure it out of where I really wanted to see. So let's dive into it. Here are the 10 things I want to see. First thing I'm like, you don't want to play sloppy football. Penalties. You don't want a lot of penalties. Now, part of this could be dependent on, on the officiating crew and everything, but I'm not expecting – a, a flawless game in the penalty department. Last year, the Steelers, I think they only had two penalties the first preseason game, but they had six the second preseason game, and then they had 11 the third preseason game. It actually got worse as they went. To me, I want to see this more consistent. I'd like to see that number at or below five. So there you go. I want to see five penalties or less for the Steelers in the game. I'm going points scored. Now, I'm not going like last year where the Steelers scored 32 points the first game. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that one. I'm going to be more modest of what I would like to see for the season. I'd like to see 24 points. They could get to 24 points or more. I'm going to say 23 in case, in case that, but I, I'd really like that, that, that extra point from, from, a, from a touchdown versus two more field goals in there. So I'm saying 24 points or more. I would like to see that from this team. Tomorrow night. How about points surrendered? I actually kind of cheated on this one. Not 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 completely cheated, but I'm saying I want to see them score or give up 10 points or less in the first half. Now, the reason I'm focusing on the first half is because those are the that's what I think the people higher on the depth chart are going to be in there for more time. If the if the bottom of the depth chart, guys, if there's a miscommunication there and they give up a big play or, you know, which could be a score or anything like that, 
I'm, I don't want that one or two things that could be from the from the bottom of the depth chart to really mess that up. So I'm going to focus on the first half and really want to say, hey, I want the Steelers to not give up any more than 10 points in the first half. It, it'd be nice if it was less, but I'm not going to go too crazy. I'm also not going to go too crazy. This, is, this one is for you, Jefferson Hartman. We're going third down conversion. I would like the Steelers to at least pull a 40% third down conversion. Now, would 50% be great? Absolutely. But that's asking a lot. Did they, they got 50% in their first preseason game last year. They had 54%. But I think a real realistic expectation, 40% third down conversion rate, I'd be happy. 45. I almost went 45 there, but I'm like, it's the first one. I'm not going to make him go too crazy on the first one. Here's one that I actually tweaked after I went and looked up the numbers. Red zone efficiency. I almost said I want to see 75% or better. But then I said, you know, it's the first game. They might not get four trips to the red zone. Maybe I should be a little bit safer and say 67%. So if the Steelers make it to the red zone three times, I want touchdowns on at least two of them. At least two of them. Now, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed if the red zone is like, oh, they get 100%, but it's one for one unless they're scoring touchdowns from outside the red zone, which is something they didn't do last year. They only had two the whole time during the regular season. So I almost wanted to say, hey, I want to see three out of four. Last year, the Steelers, first preseason game, two out of three. Second second preseason game, two out of three. Third preseason game, one out of four. So I'd really like that number to stay up there when it comes to the red zone. Turnovers, you're allowed one. And I'll be okay if they turn the ball over once. But when you get more than one, that's going to show more of a habit. Because, you know, you get to play. The ball's batted up in the air at the line. Someone intercepts it. Someone makes a great play. Someone, the defense does something to strip the ball. Maybe a special teams problem. I, I'm okay if it's not completely completely clean, but no more than one. If not, that's that that's indicating something a little bit more. Now I'm looking at another thing. I'm looking at yards per carry in the in the run game. Yards per carry. I want to see four yards per carry or more in this first game. Now you're saying, oh, okay, well, that, that would be pretty good. Yeah, that, that's not bad. Here's a review of last year's three preseason games. The Steelers' yards per carry their first preseason game was 6.9. 6.9 yards per carry in their first preseason game. That was really something. But their second one, it was 1.7, and their third one, it was 2.9. So when you look at all those, that's not even averaging four yards of carry across all three games. So I would like to see that at least four yards of carry on the ground. If they can bust some big runs, I really expect that number to really shoot up. But that's my that's kind of like my minimum expectation. Also, when it comes to the to, to the quarterbacks, I want to see a 67% completion rate um, rate. So complete two out of three. Last year, the Steelers, they were around 70 in the preseason. But you had three quarterbacks all battling. To me, regardless of who's in there, I want to see 67% completion percentage. That's, that's just I think that's not asking too much. Now, would that – could something else maybe temper my expectations? Sure. Are they taking a lot of deep shots and they're not completing them? That that would maybe make me back off that number a little bit. I just don't expect them to be doing that in the preseason. So that's why they got to com- convert two out of every three. That's just me. 
All right, we've got two more. So that's eight, eight of the numbers so far. I need to see. I almost went with a higher number, but I'm like, man, I could be setting myself up for failure. I want to see this defense get at least three sacks, at least three sacks in this game. I would love nothing more than to see five because we, we've heard some stuff from the from like a Nick Herbig, lots of great things going out about Alex Highsmith. I would like to see this team getting to the quarterback because they're doing it in practice. Yeah, we're talking about practice. We're doing it at training camp. I don't want it to be just because that's the Steelers offensive line they're going against. I want to see that they're going to, that it's not a deficiency in the Steelers offensive line. It's an excellence of the Steelers defense at getting after the quarterback. So get, give me at least three sacks. I, I mean, I really, I'm going to be really happy if they get five. And last but not least, give me a takeaway. So some kind of takeaway, you know, interception, strip sack, fumble recovery. I'd prefer it to be the variety that the Steelers create it, not that the other team just screws it up. Now, I know you could say almost any interception could just be the other team screwing it up. Sometimes it's because the defense baits them into something. Sometimes it's a miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver. Sometimes you can't tell which thing it is. But what I'm saying is I don't want it to be that the snap goes over the quarterback's head and the Steelers just run it down or, or, or something, something that's really ultimately to me, there's a difference between a turnover on offense and a takeaway on defense. I want a takeaway. I don't want it just that they, they had, they took the advantage of an offensive turnover where they basically gave them the ball. I want to see them take it away. Um, but if it's just, you know, the other team's screwing up, that, that's not terrible. But I, I, I want to see if they're going to be able to create those turnovers. Whew. So those are my 10 numbers that I would like to see in tomorrow night's game. Let me review them real quick. I want to see five or less penalties, 24 or more points, less than 10 points surrendered in the first half, a third down conversion rate of 40% or higher, a red zone efficiency of at least 67%, uh, no more than one turnover, at least four yards per carry on the ground, a completion rate of 67% or higher, at least three sacks, and at least one takeaway. That's what I would like to see in this game tomorrow night. We'll check back in next week, see how they did, and then maybe see some expectations for that next game. Whew. So that was a lot of fun. I'm glad I got that extra question in there uh, when, when it came to the, the seven shots question. That was, that was a lot of fun too. So, hey, make sure you're checking out steelcurdnetwork.com. Yes, the writers that were at our previous outlet, we, almost all of us came over here, and that's where our content is. You can get some really great content there. I've been I've been basically turning out a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of the same, but I've been doing Players Mentioned article, which is talking about Mike Tom was asked about the day before, and uh, Training Camp Tracker. That's the main thing that I've been, I've been focusing on over there, because those are, those are things that that you all like when it comes to, to, to the website uh, and things like that. But great stuff. Tony Defio still bringing the commentary. Shannon White still giving his great breakdown. KT Smith always brings us the great stuff. And he's been doing stuff for the entire NFL on just the general NFL page at fansforsports.com. Fansforsports, yes. Um, but if you go to Steel Curtain Network, you can click on the, the main page from there. Um, and then, of course, you know, you're getting Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts breaking down stuff. Um, good to see um, 
of saw an article from Big Bros Go this week. Bill Dundas had an article in there. Um, I'm hoping I'm not missing anyone else uh, with everything. I might be, and if I did, I apologize. And of course, make sure you're checking out all our podcasts. Yes, we've got a Steelers preview tonight live on YouTube, and we'll have a post game show Friday night after the game. I'm really excited about those things. I'm ready to get this preseason rolling to get to this regular season. Love seeing my Pittsburgh Steelers. Can't wave the wave, my terrible towel. Whew. And then we can't get there if I don't end the show. So as I always say to finish these up, thanks for geeking out. With me.